Hello, everybody. I am the very tired, very exhausted Richard Hart. Everything is going very well. The launch phase, the sacrifice phase is coming to an end. If you go to pulsechain.com, you can see the timer. And the timer right now is at an hour and 28 minutes. That's it. Imagine that you were there when uh, Bitcoin was being thought up, coming into life. Imagine you were there when Ethereum was coming to life. That kind of moment is happening here now. So if you're uh, watching, sorry for being exhausted. I don't remember the last time I've slept. Um, the time sensitive thing isn't me talking to you. The time sensitive thing is pulsechain.com. So I would suggest you go there and then watch me after. Otherwise, if you watch me first, you might run out of time. For you guys that have already handled your business, and you know what's going on. So far, the reports I've got from the SENS Foundation know that they've received $27.5 million into their bank, which is a 10x increase over the, the most common amount of money they get in a year. So that puts them 10 years ahead of the game, more or less. Hopefully they can save our lives. If they can't save our lives, maybe they'll save our kids. If they can't save our kids, maybe they'll save our pets. And if they can't save any of those things, somewhere down the road, this good science and technology will benefit someone related to you. Um, the sacrifice phase is going good. Seeing a lot of, uh, a lot of things going in there. I'll probably look it up while I'm on the stream here because the numbers are big and cool. What else? As far as testnet goes, I'm still fighting it. You know, takes multiple weeks to synchronize a uh, an Ethereum archive node using Geth, which is what everybody uses. And they pushed a bunch of patches through for this upcoming fork, which is coming in uh, about two days, called the London fork which introduces something called EIP-1559, which some people feel is contentious because uh, it reduces the miners' payouts. Sometimes when you do that to miners, they get angry and they fork you. So, you know, they're trying to include protections in there to, to fight back in case the miners do something. Um, so it's, it's work to get those last minute kind of hacks that they put in there into the test net. If the fighting is too hard <clears throat> massaging it, then I'm just gonna suggest we don't go all the way back with an archive node, that we choose a snapshot more recent in history, like two years instead of five or six. And then that should function pretty well for test net. And then you can iterate and have a second test net. On mainnet Ethereum, you've got Rinkeby, Robston, multiple test nets. Works fine. They're for testing. So full speed ahead. We've got uh, a ton of numbers done already on the, uh, the sacrifice numbers. So people have been working on price feeds and matching them up and doing it across all the different chains. So that's nice. Um, I, I don't think we're going to have any uh, delays on that front. What else? Let's go look at the Ethereum and Bitcoin price for you guys that aren't already over at uh, pulsechain.com right now. Bitcoin's at 38.9, reached as high as 
42.6. I think this is a bull trap. I think this is just a late laggy. The market was so weak, you couldn't get a good bull trap early because you didn't have enough volatility upwards. It was just being smothered by the discount and grayscale trust. So now we're getting a little bit of a, uh, a bounce later, but that's weaker. That's not stronger. Stronger would have been a bounce earlier. So I don't believe in this rally at all. I think this will fail. Um, best case, 50, 51. Worst case, right here. Um, and then make new local lows at 28.8. And then flop around and eventually hit 10K within the next year. It's my guess. My guess. Um, Ethereum, I think, is going to show strength into... Well, I don't know. If, if The thing is, if you try and play the, the IP1559 card, that already may be priced in. And if Bitcoin starts dumping, Ethereum isn't going to have the strength to hold up, or it would have already shown that strength. You know, Bitcoin dropped 55% from its all-time high, and Ethereum dropped 65%. Where was the strength? It doesn't have it. Maybe one day it will. 2021, it doesn't. So combine that. So when you have a potential bull trap combined with negative uh, a discount on the Grayscale Trust coins. You can go buy them cheap from Grayscale instead of buying the real ones on the market. And you have a sell, buy the rumor, sell the news event where people bought up the price. I mean, in the last, Ethereum went up, can barely see. Ethereum went up 33%, oh, more. Dude, come on. I'm so tired, I can't use the mouse. It's rough. Ethereum went up 45% from, oh, that's Bitcoin. Oh boy, am I tired, homies. Maybe I'll take some questions from chat. Well, not. I'm going to finish my point here, no matter how tired I am. I think you have a perfect storm for a bull trap. And I think you have a perfect storm for Ethereum getting wrecked a little bit harder because people bought the rumor and plan to sell the news on the EIP 1559. And God forbid there's any type of contention with a fork where the miners don't like getting paid less, so they fight back, uh, you might get extra dip. And to tell you the truth, if you look at the charts, Bitcoin's even showing relative strength versus uh, ETH. So it's, it's making, so Ethereum, because of this uh, little pump for the fork, I think, it's, it's showing relative strength against the Bitcoin pair. So, you know, it broke out of its like triangle to the upside, but going up versus Bitcoin doesn't matter when Bitcoin could go down versus the dollar in excess of how much you gained against it. So in the end, the only trading pair that really matters is the one that can pay your rent. So the US dollar real price is the price chart that matters. And I have to tell you, one, if you trade, you're going to lose all your money. If you trade with margin, you're going to lose it faster. But two, if you're trading altcoin pairs, altcoin versus altcoin, it's very silly. Very, very silly. You could have bought Bitcoin at a dollar and wrote it up 65,000x to 65,000. But if you traded an alt pair like the Ethereum Bitcoin pair, let me tell you how pitiful, uh, 
let me tell you how pitiful that pair has been. So Ethereum has outperformed Bitcoin by 3x, but Bitcoin has outperformed the dollar from the COVID dip by 27x, nine times better. So for the same amount of money, you could have made nine times more buying the BTC USD pair instead of the ETH BTC pair. So I truly do not understand why people don't enjoy the free extra leverage and free extra profit of choosing the faster horse that runs farther over the dumb alt pair that is never going to do a thousand X ever. You're not, you know, Ethereum's not going to go up a thousand X versus Bitcoin, no matter what, no matter how bad Bitcoin is, no matter how good Ethereum is, it's not going to go up a thousand X versus it never, but versus dollar pairs, you can go up a thousand X. So people that trade alt pairs, I, I don't know what you're doing out there. Brainless. Um, no. So when I was saying showing relative strength, here's the funny thing. I mean, I hope, I hope you guys appreciate this stuff that I'm teaching you because, uh, there's no one else that is going to teach you this stuff. It's just me. The most horrible thing that could happen to a trader is a broadening horn. So here's what happens. If you're, and I'm going to reverse this so you guys at home can see this. A broadening horn means that you break the local low. Everyone has their stops just below that bottom of that candle because they figure if it, if it can't hold that as support, well, it's going to dump farther, which the market hasn't been doing. What the market's been doing for the last couple months is to break the local low, capture the bid uh, or capture the, the liquidity of the sellers at the bottom there, and then take it back up past the local high liquidate all the shorts up there, force them to sell and then go back down again and do the same thing over again. And you're basically clearing everybody's stops on both sides of the range. And, and in this, in this, uh, horn, the longs are getting liquidated at, at local lows, new local lows. The shorts are getting liquidated at local highs and it's a, it's a market maker's dream because it's trading in a range, everybody's getting liquidated, you're getting extra volume for free, and something that's otherwise just kind of ranging between 30 and 40 for three, three and a half months now. Now, is that bullish? No, it's not bullish at all. Going up in a parabola is bullish. Falling out of the parabola and being down 50% still. Guys, we're still 50% off of the all-time high, aren't we? What's uh? 65 divided by two. Well, okay. Not half we're down uh, today, 40, 41%. So we're still lower than the biggest dip we ever got in 2015, 2016, 2017. There was no dips over 40%. We're still sitting in a dip lower than 40% now after we've waited for 112 days, it's four months. So if you had to wait four months for Bitcoin to get back up, I don't think it's getting back up. I think we do our 85% dump like we do every three years or four years, let people sell the bottom, let Michael Saylor see how he feels about those big loans that he got. Let Elon Musk think about what it's like to buy the top. These guys talk trash about Bitcoin while I supported it. These guys demonize Bitcoin while I had huge collection of it. Then the price runs up and runs up and runs up. They barely understand the technology. Truthfully, like Elon was surprised. Oh my God, this uses electricity. Is that possible? 
Yeah, Elon, uh, it uses electricity. You didn't know that? I'm going to check the audio for a laugh. Pretty sure it's on, but just in case. Just in case, guys. By the way, hit like, hit subscribe, hit the bell and all that stuff. I got to click my own uh, stream to hear myself here. Yep, I'm there. Cool. So, you know, Michael Saylor bought the top. Elon Musk bought the top and they don't understand the technology and they got in. I got in in 2011. Elon Musk got in in 2021. I've been in Bitcoin 10 years longer than Elon Musk. No, is that math right? Maybe nine and a half years, something like that. Well, where was he the whole time? You know, doesn't make any sense. So these guys that are really smart at other things, other businesses, they don't know much about crypto. I mean, you got Elon Musk on television promoting a fork of Litecoin, which is a fork of Bitcoin with no development whatsoever. None called Dogecoin. I think uh, maybe $750,000 of Dogecoin has been sacrificed so far um, at Pulse.info. Uh, Why would a technologist promote poor technology? Why would a technologist promote something that doesn't have development behind it? Why would a technologist promote a copy of a copy that's worse than the copy? It's not progress. You see, you can improve things. So you could say the Corvette is like a knockoff of the Ferrari because it's mid-engined now. But I guarantee you that mid-engined Corvette now will annihilate any of the Corvettes that came before it for the price point because it's progress. So to promote a fake copy of a fake copy with no improvement whatsoever and then watch people lose their life savings over it, I find that to be immoral and disgusting. Now Elon Musk is trying to do good things for the world. He makes the world's quickest, safest car. I appreciate that. He's trying to get us you know, onto electricity off a of pollutant the environment. I appreciate that. I don't really care about the multi-planetary species thing because I'll be a rotting dead piece of meat before that comes into play. I'd rather work on the meat stuff so that we could be around together to solve the space problem instead of just dying and being like, hope it works out. Why don't we you know, survive a little longer and then we could fix more problems. So some of the stuff that Elon does is terrible. He, he bought Bitcoin secretly, then said he was going to accept it for Tesla's, said he wouldn't sell the coins, but then it was a trick. He wouldn't sell the coins he received for cars, but he would sell the coins that he bought because he was testing the liquidity. Yeah. Is that what it's called when you dump? You're testing the liquidity. That's a good one, man. And so what does he do after he tests the liquidity dumps? He then decides to stop accepting it and talk trash publicly about it, saying, I didn't know it used electricity. I can't support this. Bro, you pumped it and you dumped it. And it's disgusting. Like Elon Musk, a genius, bought it secretly, pumped it, dumped it and then trash talked it bro like what is wrong with you man you're the richest guy in the world you don't need to steal retail's money man like why you know and then he says like half-hearted garbage like oh we're gonna do development on it like man i just integrated it i i'm actually bringing adoption to that silly coin you can actually use it for something you can sacrifice it for free speech 
let me tell you, it wasn't easy to do because there's no, there's no development ecosystem there. I had to pay my developers to figure everything out. It's a joke. And then by the way, I, that was for the majority of chains. The majority of chains that are supported for sacrifice are trash ecosystems, totally trash. Um, and I, and I tell you, actually, um, I, I discovered some bad news tonight. If you want to hear some bad news, bad news, um, the founder of Monero fluffy pony, Ricardo Spagnini, he, uh, was arrested. Uh, he, I think he was like traveling to Mexico or, or laying over in the States or something. And they, uh, arrested him and are holding him for extradition to South Africa where he is being charged with, uh, some tax offenses. Um, from what I read on a, a crypto news site, which who knows, those are usually very not good. So this, there may be huge errors with this news because crypto news sites, they're not, they're not very good. Uh, you know, apparently there was some doctoring of, uh, import documents or some, something or another. And so they made sure to mention that it didn't have anything to do with crypto. So that was nice, at least to mention that. It's it's interesting to me that so many people in crypto end up in trouble. It's crazy. BitMEX founders went to jail. KX founders went to jail, but they got out. They just were like locked up for a month and a half or something like that. With nobody could do withdrawals. That's funny. And uh, KuCoin got hacked. Binance got hacked. Binance is getting cracked on, on everywhere. And I know people that can't withdraw their money from it for a year can't get their money out. You send selfies, you send hostage videos, please let me get my money. They don't give it. They don't care. It's insane. It's totally insane. And then where are you going to sue them? Every country that tries to sue them, they say, oh, we don't have an office here. So which one of their pretend offices are you going to sue? It's very irritating. Um, this is why I like things that don't have counterparty risk. You hold your keys, you hold your coins, you trade trustlessly on the internet, no begging, no pleading. You mint your own rewards. That's what I got into cryptocurrency for. Freedom, not control. Begging other people for stuff is disgusting. I don't like it. That's not why I'm in crypto. So, I, I don't know. It's weird. Now, the BitMEX guys, at least, you know, when the government came down on them, I think they did something honorable and let people withdraw their money quicker than normal. Because I guarantee you, the government came down on some other people in that industry. They'd lock that money up and use it as a bargaining chip, I bet. So I think that was a, a classy move by those guys. Now here's the weird thing, right? You got classy moves by people that are causing great harm. So let's take FTX. Sam Bankman-Fried, multi-billionaire. How's he spending his time? Getting kids to gamble. What? Hold on, Richard, wait a second. You did not just say that funds the Democratic Party for millions of dollars, Jewish Sam Bankman-Fried is actually enslaving kids to gambling. You, you didn't say that because that would be silly, right? And he did just give 50 grand to the Sense Foundation, which I just raised 27 million for. Vitalik gave 4 million too, plus 50 grand, plus 4 million in 2017. So Vitalik's like, Vitalik was the grand hero before I convinced people to do what they wanted to do anyway. So the real heroes are the people that gave the money, right? So the people that actually gave the 27.5 million so far, I consider those the real heroes. 
the fact that I was able to help them want to do that, I'm just kind of, I'm still going to take credit for it because I want to create more people that are jealous to, to compete in that area. So if I check nuts and I act hard and I'm like, yo, look at how much money I raised. Where's the money you raised? If I can make it a competition, then maybe other people will do the right thing and fund medical research because otherwise they won't. Whatever the medical research people have been doing for the last 10 years, it ain't working except for breast cancer. So we need to change the paradigm. And if I can use competition and masculinity to cause people to do things better for the world, then I'll do it. So, so Sam Bankman fried why do I mention it? And by the way, do you think it's smart to talk trash about all the exchanges? It's probably not smart to do that. <laughs> but you know what? I'm not in cryptocurrency to be a little girl and beg. I'm in cryptocurrency for freedom. And so I'm going to speak the truth. And if you don't like the truth, you're not going to like me. So Sam Bankman fried FTX, where do they bought advertisements? E-gaming, various uh, e-gaming things. All right, and who watches e-gaming? Kids. And when they're old enough, what are they gonna do? Margin trade. And how's that gonna affect their life? It's gonna be the worst thing that ever happened to them. So if you thought your risk of dying of suicide was really high in your 20s, because I think it's actually the most likely thing to kill you in your 20s is yourself, wait till you throw margin trading in the mix. See how that goes. Now to tell you how bad margin trading is, so I, I don't I don't like uh, <laughs> things that are bad for people. So I built Hex. Hex is about delaying gratification. Do you want to know how well delaying gratification worked with Bitcoin, which went up 6.5 million X? Do you want to know how well delaying gratification worked with Ethereum that went up 14,000 X? Do you want to know how well delaying gratification worked with Hex, which went up 3,866 X in a year and a half? Delaying gratification is the key to all progress and personal development. Choosing the thing that is better in the future instead of the thing that is easier now. It's choosing the right thing instead of the easy thing. Now, are there exceptions to this? Yes. If you buy a scam and you wait, you still bought a scam and it just goes to zero and stays at zero. So delayed gratification works with things that have product market fit, a walled garden, good metrics, virality, um, cult-like following. There's all these parameters that venture capitalists look for to see what could make a billion dollars. A lifestyle business is a smaller business that will support you just doing whatever you want. You have an extra 250K a year to do whatever you want, but that's where it caps. If you want to make billions of dollars, you have to have something which can scale to millions of users. Now, here's what's funny. Look at what Hex has done with only 45,000 stakers, no big exchange listings, no front page on CoinMarketCap, even though it should be, along with other things as well. Hex is not the only project that is unfairly put on page three. There are other projects there that are legit and should be on the front page. Um, this is pre-virality. Just people are starting to start to say nice things about Hex because they figured out wait a second, Hex isn't a scam. Hex is better than everything else that I thought was good. Yep. Yeah. And I've been screaming and yelling for years trying to explain it, but for some people, only the passage of time will convince them. That's fine. We have thousands and thousands of people in Hex, Hexicans, 
I'm a hexagon for life. We have thousands of other hexagons for life that have 15 year stakes in hex. We are never going away. You can't stop the code. You can't stop the trading. It, we're never going away. Never. This is something you see in other communities. Bitcoin, for instance. As soon as someone sells all their Bitcoin, they stop saying nice things about Bitcoin. Check Elon Musk. But if you got 15 year stakes and they've appreciated quite a bit, you think twice about destroying your own value of your investment by speaking ill of it. It's, it's aligning incentives. It's beautiful. It's really beautiful. Hex impresses me constantly. Have you seen how much money was sacrificed for free speech at pulsechain.com, pulse.info? Lots. It's billions now. <clears throat> but yesterday, it was 800 million. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. And not only is that a lot of money, but getting $27.5 million cash, cash into the hands of people who just want to save your life is so beautiful and so perfect. Truly amazing. Now, I want to call out some posers, posers who pretend to support longevity research, but in fact, to the best of my detection, do not. So there's a guy named Balaji. And Balaji uh, used to work on a very, very silly startup where they tried to put uh, Bitcoin mining in cell phones. Silliest idea anyone's ever heard of. Then that failed and they pivoted it into, we'll give you money to learn about crypto, which became the Coinbase Earn program. Also very silly. Basically just gonna fill up with a bunch of bounty hunters from the third world. Congrats, they don't have any money to FOMO. So I'm glad you on-ramped all those guys. I'm glad you paid them all. You're gonna lose money on all that. Um, and then I, you know, basically the rumor is that for some weird reason, Coinbase just bought out their terrible failing company just because they were all sponsored by like a A16Z, um, <clears throat> which is a, a, a VC venture capital accelerator. No one thinks that that was a good acquisition. It was terrible. And Balaji doesn't even work there anymore. So what Balaji has in his profile, let's go look it up real quick. <clears throat> uh, Twitter.com. Balaji S. He's got 424,000 followers. Now let me read to you his, uh, his little tagline here. Immutable money, infinite frontier, eternal life. Okay. I like that eternal life part. You got to have balls to put that in there. Most people won't give you respect for that. I give you respect for that, but I've direct messaged him. I've spoken to his ex assistant. I've talked to this guy before. Um, and even though I raised $27 million to try and save his life and support one of the only three things, I guess he has Bitcoin there too, four things in his profile. It's like, he don't hear me. Guys, I wrote books to promote longevity technology. I met and worked with Aubrey before any of you in 2006. I got the videos of me on stage running everything. Stop pretending. You had the opportunity to say something about the pulse chain airdrop, which would have rewarded people for funding the technology that could have saved your life. But instead you made stupid tweets about whatever. How often do you think this opportunity is going to cop up, man? It's a big deal. Vitalik, a billionaire, 
only came up with $8 million over eight years, five years, maybe six. What are you waiting for, man? So Balaji, you done screwed up, homie. Now, if you're listening, go get your rich booty and go get in your wallet and go to sends.org and start donating, man. Now, save your life. What, are you going to die with the money? You're going to die with the money like Steve Jobs did? You got to spend the money, man. It takes 20 years to develop this stuff. Do you want to start spending now so it's ready in 20 years when you need it? Or do you want to rot and die with a whimper? Die like a man. Fight. Stand up. Try. Who this whimper crap? There's a bunch of smart people that get some followers on Twitter and they waste all their time. Eric Weinstein, I'm looking at you, Mr. Intellectual Dark Web. You talk too much, man. You don't do enough. There's a world full of lot. And that would have been totally 100% useless for everyone in the whole world had I not harnessed it into a book to educate people, into videos to educate people that is actionable. How is you talking about E8 theory of relativity in reality doing anything good? It's not. You're, 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 you're navel gazing and not Naval Ravenkant, who actually has some actionable things he says. You're talking crap that no one can understand, that no one can benefit their life from because it makes you seem smart. And look, man, I like to use big words sometimes to look smart, but at some point you have to use the words people understand to make a difference in the world. Now, how many times have I tagged Eric Weinstein? Enough. Hi, I'm Richard Hart. I'm the guy that called the Bitcoin top in 2017. I called the Bitcoin top at 65K on the day. I told you that last cycle, Ethereum topped 27 days after Bitcoin did. And guess what? Exactly 27 days after Bitcoin topped, Ethereum topped. I'm the guy that founded a $100 billion cryptocurrency. I'm the guy that raised $27 million for charity. I'm the guy that's written, writ, wrote multiple self-help books who have helped people for years. It's not just like they just appeared. I have people telling me that I have helped their lives greatly, constantly. Why is it when I, when I tag you guys, you pretend I'm not tagging you? You realize you're not better than me, right? Like, I think I'm measurably better than you. Respond to the tags. I'm trying to save your stupid lives. Seriously. Let me tell you, if a billionaire tags me, even if I don't like him, I'm going to respond because we might have some synergy on something. There's a lot of education that has to be going on out there. Now, this whole conversation, this whole conversation started off with talking about getting kids addicted to gaming and sponsoring uh, esports. So what else does he do? I always got an advertisement on a basketball stadium. Okay. So now he's going to get sport fans addicted to margin trading. Now he gives away 1% of the profit of his company. So that's like a, a drug dealer coming to your town and getting all the kids addicted to drugs and then buying them all Cokes after and saying, hey, I'm the free Coke guy. You like Coca-Cola? It'll help rinse down the crack. You can't cancel out eight units of harm with 0.05 units of good. It doesn't work. And so there are people in the cryptocurrency industry that are victimizing everyone in it and pretending like they're honorable and pretending like they're good. It disgusts me. Someone's going to call them out because I don't, I don't need these people. They can fill out government paperwork to get regulatory arbitrage. I can fill out government paperwork to get regulatory arbitrage. Can't get a cleaner record than I've got. So what, what do you want? You got more money than me? Mm, I don't know about that. 
right? You got more drive? Definitely not. So I used to have 150 employees. I think I, I may return back to that lifestyle of just scale, lower margin, but scale. And you know what? I'm maybe three out of things, three out of 10 things don't work. Maybe, but the things that do work, boy, are they going to be beautiful? Cause I see improvement everywhere. I look, I see improvement everywhere. I look MetaMask, we use it, but it sure could be better. Geth Ethereum. Yeah, we're using it, but man, we see a lot of things we can fix. Everything in crypto pretty much sucks. Pretty much. The only thing I know of that actually has good uptime is Hex. The only thing I know of that like used to have no admin keys is Hex and the original Uniswap. And they just started duct taping garbage onto it. They're like, oh, well, this is, you know, trustless, uncensorable. Let's duct tape on a, an admin key that can turn on attacks. Ha ha ha. And let's have it managed by a DAO. And here's what their DAO does. <laughs> they had, so if you want to have bad results in life, go ahead and let silly people vote on things. And then you get the emergent consensus of the mob. Not smart. So we figured out that what you do so that doctors don't kill everybody and electricians don't burn all the houses down is that you require licensing so that only people that are qualified do certain things. Now they've taken this too far. You actually need a license to cut hair. Some places you need a special license to hand out food takeout style. What? You need a license to put this on a bag? Crazy. I think that if you want to have superior performance in any endeavor, qualified people need to make the decisions. And ah, wow. Seems like a conflict of interest to me. And what did they do with the, uh, the endowment they gave themselves? They murdered the price. And how did everyone feel about that? They didn't feel so good. What is Why is everyone typing F in my uh, chat? What's going on here? I don't know what's going on. Anyway, let me, let me go check my, uh, my like analytics. See if we're dropping a bunch of frames or something. I mean, look, even if we chop a little bit, maybe it fixes on the replay. Yeah, it looks, looks good on my end guys. I don't know what's going on. I mean, I'm not showing, uh, anything out of the ordinary. It looks perfectly clean on my side. So <clears throat> it should be fine guys. Stream keeps lagging. Well, let me see if I can work on it. I'll drop the bit rate for luck. Let me try dropping the bit right here, guys. Maybe this helps. And then let me check one other thing. Everyone says it's fine now. Well, <laughs> I'll fight it for a minute or two. All right. Give me one second. Where's that node? Hmm. The watch has stopped. I'm going to hope that it just works. All right. I reduced my bit rate a bit. So back to telling truth to people. Where were we? Calling people out. I've been living the best life I can live for years and years and years. I'm the giving tree of crypto. Free books, free videos, no ads turned on, free chat rooms, 35,000 plus and t.me slash pulse chain com, 25,000 plus and t.me slash hex crypto, 
free coins out the yin yang. My community was exposed to things first because we found them and made millions and millions and millions of dollars off those free things. In addition to the millions and millions of dollars of free hacks people got. What am I supposed to do? Free self-help videos, free self-help books, free coins. One of the coins I developed went up 400,000% in a year and a half before staking, with staking, 600, 800,000%. What can I do to be a better person? I'm really working it, I'm really working it. And yet I, I magically find myself in a world where people think they're not only my equal, but better than me. And you're like, wow. People, people come up and they'll be like, Richard, you're a scam and the things you design are scams. I'm like, oh, are they? Well, that's funny because I spend my time trying to get people to not get scammed. And I think I help more people not get scammed than you do. Are you calling out fake Satoshi in person? I did. Are you telling people about the risks of counterparty risk and picking up pennies in front of freight trains, giving your keys to somebody else? Are you talking about the $8 billion at risk in Matic with an admin key that could freeze those funds forever? No, I'm the one talking about that. I'm the one making the world a better place. Are you saying nice things about the SEC that tries to help people not get scammed, but is underfunded? No, most people don't say nice things about them. I respect the work they try and do. It's just very hard to do. You know, some, some guy in India decides to run a rug pull exit scam on somebody. What are you going to do? Hop in your private jet and go fly over to India and hope to serve a subpoena of some sort? It's just, it's not tenable. So they don't have the inner jurisdictional tools to, to stop most of these scams. I mean, the number of scams that I've seen, I keep a list of them. I keep a list of failures and scams. I didn't add fluffy ponies arrest on there because it wasn't related to cryptocurrency. And I don't even know if it's legit. He may be innocent. I didn't read up into it. Um, innocent until proven guilty is a nice thing to believe if you're an American. Um, it's probably a nice thing to believe if you're in anything, any nation. We just enshrined it uh, into the jurisprudence there. So I live in a world where everything could be better and we have great opportunity in front of us. Everyone doing everything wrong and everyone gatekeeping and everyone thinking they're better than you it just drives you to excellence. It just drives you to greatness. And so where would I rather hexagons spend their time? Someplace that loves them and treats them well or someplace that thinks they're better than them when they're not? I love hexagons. I'm a hexagon. And I, I don't think we're ever going to go away, ever. Never. So <clears throat> with hex, we have the best store of value in the world. It will be able to run in what I hope will be the best network in the world. Um, I know a lot of ways to improve it. So we got hex.com, we got pulsechain.com, and I applied for exchange license, hopefully it gets approved, we'll see. And then there's only a few components left. If you've got value storage, if you've got the network, if you've got the fiat on ramps and off ramps, only thing missing, wallet and I guess bridges to other networks until you have enough of the uh, fiat on ramps. And that's it. I guess, I mean, for Pulse, you do need a couple front ends. You need a Uniswap front end and a hex front end. But those aren't that hard. Those are not that hard. If, if your front end can easily talk to the Ethereum network on this IP, it can easily talk to a virtually identical copy with a bunch of improvements on this IP. So the front end isn't that hard. 
Yeah, so we do not need anyone's help. And anyone that gets in our way, we will just build around them because that's what decentralized systems do. China banned Bitcoin mining. Did, Did Bitcoin go down? Nope. Blocks were slow for a week, but that's it. Didn't go down. No one lost any money. In this instance, it proved that Bitcoin is robust to losing the majority of its hash rate because the majority of its hash rate was in China. So a truly decentralized system will route around failure. And by the way, if you want to talk about failure, oh boy. Dogecoin lists on Coinbase, only red candles. (laughs) Dogecoin, I think, was as high as 77 cents. And then I think it listed at like 54 cents on, uh, on Coinbase and then dropped down to like 22 or something. I maybe bounced to maybe 30, something like that. There's this funny thing where anything that lists on Coinbase just dumps. <laughs> you can look at the charts. It's so bad that Brian Armstrong had to come out and say, hey, you know, we only we list everything we can. So don't think that because we list it, it's quality. And I've seen some of the things he's invested in. So let's take Brian Armstrong, right? Brian Armstrong invested in a coin that I won't name, the kind of invented rebasing. And what is rebasing? Leverage trading. But no one understands that because I have to teach it to them. So what does a rebasing coin do? A rebasing coin makes you win more when the price goes up and it makes you lose more when the price goes down. And what else has that behavior? Margin trading. When your collateral is the thing you're trading. So if you have Bitcoin and you use it to long Bitcoin, you, when the price goes up, you make money on your position and you make money on your collateral. And when the price goes down, you lose money on your position and you lose money on your collateral. And so making some type of fancy, stupid garbage white paper full of admin keys as well, where one guy can just change everything at will, you created a virtual margin product that gets people destroyed and amplifies volatility instead of reducing it. Why'd you do that, man? Why'd you fund that crap? Why do the VCs in crypto only fund scams? Ooh, Balaji. Hey, forgot about you, homie. Hey, Balaji. Aren't you the guy promoting that literal, literal copyright violation scam software that used to send people's seed words back to their home server? Something clout, I'm not gonna mention the name, but it has clout in it. I know what it is, but I don't want you guys to get scammed. Bunch of VCs came up with an idea to steal from people. They said, you know what? We can't get followers on our own, so, We'll just steal other people's. We'll, we'll copy their tweets onto another platform and then we'll duct tape a token to it. And then we'll get all of the money from all of their hard work. <laughs> it's like going to a library and photocopying all the books and then selling them out front. Scumbags, scumbags. Why would you do that? You're already rich. You don't have to be a scumbag. Why? How would you feel if someone took your tweets and photocopied them and then tried to give you a cut of the money they were making on your tweets? That's called theft, man. It ain't fair use. So, Balaji, stop being a scumbag. If you're going to put longevity in your name, actually support it because I ain't seen you write no checks. Second, stop promoting intellectual property violations and human rights violations, basically. Like... I mean, and it also poorly coded as well. And this isn't the the first dumb idea you've been involved in. 
your your cell phone mining was terribly stupid. Most of the stuff you tweet about, it's 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 just like Eric Weinstein's crap. You're all over the place with no focus. No one can use the flippity floppity lap flipping that you're doing, man. Tighten it up and focus on something and get it done. I know you're smart. I know you're funded. I know you're capable. You know what you remind me of, Balaji? You know what you remind me of? When I had retired, I had 150 employees doing 60 million a year in sales, sold it, retired, traveled the world. You know what I was going to do? I was going to make the world's smallest, most powerful computer case. I spent a lot of time on that. I still got prototype here at the house. What a god darn waste of my skills. You know how small the market is for that? You know how few people that's going to benefit? Everyone uses laptops and phones. The portable super duper desktop market, it doesn't exist. I just happen to like it because I lived in a hotel for so long. A terrible giant waste of my resources. And I seen you do the exact same thing. You was trying to re crowdfund money, and not sure why, because I know you could have paid on your own, to build a bot that would allow you to harvest your followers out of Twitter around their walled garden so that when they censored you, you had a choice of a chance of contacting them again. By the way, I'm not sure you ever followed through and finished that. Not sure. Stupid waste of your time. Not even a lifestyle business. Couldn't even maintain a lifestyle with that waste of time. I'm out here trying to cure aging. That's a big deal. I'm out here trying to change man's relationship with government. I'm trying to change man's relationship with money. I'm trying to get people to delay gratification and stop drinking and stop gaming and stop gambling and live better, healthier, happier lives. Where's your self-help YouTube channel? I got mine. Where are your self-help books? I got mine. Where's your 35 person, 35,000 person chat room? Here's another thing Balaji failed at. Ready? Here it comes. This dude's failed a lot. I think he had a success way back when in biotech, but ever since, fails. He tried to make a chat room. So Vitalik and Balaji tried to make a chat room called, uh, what was it called? Nakamoto. That chat room lasted one day. They had to shut it down because they don't know how to run a chat room. I run 12 chat rooms. Balaji's chat room failed. My chat rooms are thriving. Get on my level, man. Learn from me, dude. Crazy. Somebody says, stay humble, Richard. Why? 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 Why, why should I be humble, dude? I retired at 25. Why should I be humble? I have people constantly messaging me about how I changed their life, saved their life, saved their family. True thought, heartfelt messages. Why should I be humble? So I have less impact in the world? What? How about you be humble enough for both of us? And I keep doing me because I'm winning. I don't know what you're doing. Why don't you enjoy watching my stream while I educate you some more? You're living my narrative. I'm not living yours. <clears throat> and by the way, I'm doing this with like no sleep after who knows. I don't even know the last time I slept. So what else? Yeah, I'm just laying into people because they don't matter. These people don't matter. The only claim they have to fame is they have a couple followers, which by the way, if you go and do some Twitter audits, I'm not really sure how many of their followers are real because you count the likes, you count the retweets. If I do a live stream, I'm talking to thousands of people. I know other people, they go on YouTube, they do a live stream. There's nobody watching, but they got a lot of followers. Weird. You want to know an example of that? Andreas Antonopoulos. I'm laying into everybody tonight. Hey, Andreas Antonopoulos, you are punk. Now, Andreas Antonopoulos was broke. 
found out about Bitcoin real, real early, but couldn't provide enough value in the world to save up enough to actually buy any and hold it. So he had to beg for money from people. And Roger Ver mentioned this to him, was like, man, you're broke. I build stuff all the time. Roger was right. But this triggered some socialists in the Bitcoin community and, and very rare, very rare does the Bitcoin community actually support a charity. Very rare. Libertarians in general, they ain't all about that charity stuff. So they gave good old uh, Andreas a bunch of Bitcoin that he didn't earn. Oh, he, he walked around and talked. I know a lot of people to walk around and talk. I, I know, hey, Snowden's walking around and talking. I mean, he risked his life. I don't think Andreas risked his life, right? Go send it to the Electronic Frontier Foundation. They, they support the Tor browser. Go send it to Snowden. Go send it to the Sens Foundation. You can send it to a lot of places in Andreas. Guess what Andreas does? One, says bad things about hacks, but doesn't know anything about it. Isn't that crazy? I, at least when I shit, ah, that's the first curse word in a couple streams now, and I didn't even say to T. Might get away with that. Before I speak poorly of things, I at least take the four minutes to read what they are to know how to properly speak poorly of them. It's really easy. Oh, look, a copy-paste of Proof of Weekends from 2017. <laughs> it's going to fail, just like it did before. Oh, look, a copy-paste of this other thing that failed. Oh, look, it's, it's so easy. Oh, look, admin keys. Oh, look, it's, you're, it's margin trading, but you're calling it a stable coin. I see what things are very easily because I'm intelligent. Why wouldn't someone smart like Andreas spend the five minutes to see that Hex was actually a world-changing breakthrough, doing everything better than everything else? Why wouldn't he do that? Because he's a punk. He's not intellectually honest. He's also not about freedom. So in his little profile, let's go look at his little profile. Now all these punks have me blocked because I speak truth to them and they don't like truth. So let's go look at uh, Mr. or Mrs. Antonopoulos. A. Antonop. Yeah, buddy. Where's your Twitter, buddy? There we go. Hey, you took all the weird icons out of your Twitter name, dude. You used to have a peace flag, pride flag, million different little SJW flags in there. You got rid of them. Nice. So he don't support a woman's right to work. If you go on his website and try and book him for something, there's a clause that he makes you sign that there will be no booth girls. Now I know girls that need to make money. They use their looks to make money. If I had good looks, I would use my looks to make money. Why not? You just kind of stand there and get paid better. Sounds like a good deal. But that's not okay with Andreas. Andreas doesn't like people that look good making money. Maybe it's because he doesn't look good. I don't know. Maybe he's a player hater. Maybe he doesn't like other people having the freedom to hire and fire who they want and enter into the contractual agreements that they wish. So a man that says that he's for your financial freedom, but behind the scenes wants to control you and control a whole group of people that are participating in an event, I find that disgusting. So Andreas, if you're listening, I find your little punk booty disgusting. And I'm a better man than you ever were. And when you want to upgrade your life, you'll start acting more like me. Maybe if you held some of that Bitcoin that was donated to you, since you've never had a successful business, um, you could donate it to a charity like the Sense Foundation, scns.org. And then you might even get some free coins that are better than anything else you've ever participated in. You know why no one watches your streams, by the way, man? Because you just say the same stuff all the time. 
Bitcoin good, government sucks. There's some new ledger technology out there. Yeah, yeah, cool. Oh, you're gonna write a book on lightning. What a waste of time. Lightning's a failure, man. You're a technical guy, how do you not see it's a failure? Wasting your time. Dumb, dumb, I'm surrounded by dumb. Literally, people that are considered thought leaders in cryptocurrency are actually dumb. <laughs> man, now look, Michael Saylor, he's made all of us a lot of money, okay? Michael Saylor has made all of us a lot of money because he got people to buy. I respect that. But the things this man tweets don't make any sense. And he's been convicted for fraud. I ain't never been convicted for fraud, but he has. Everybody loves this man. What? <laughs> like, <laughs> what's going on here? Oh, because he bought a bunch. All right. So if a guy buys a bunch, it's all good. Okay. Crazy to me. Just crazy. What, what plan am I? This is the guy that said uh, Bitcoin was going to fail in 2013. Literally. He didn't even delete the tweet. The tweet's still there. He said, Bitcoin is going to fail like online gaming did. He wrote that in 2013. Then, after the price goes up 10x, he says, you know what? So, yeah. I, I, why is everyone typing F? What's going on with this? I'm going to go look on my side. Everyone looks good on my side. All right, I'm going to try and like... I'm gonna try and do something to, to attempt to fix this. Wish me luck. This is probably not gonna work. Oh, I know how to do it. All right, hold on a second. Ah! This shit, for good luck. This. Look at me, I got a collection of pillows here now. I'm all addicted to this better posture, I tell you. Oh no, the Bitcoin bear. The Bitcoin bear's down. He went to 3K, no. Bitcoin bear, come back. I don't want to lose the anthropomorphized Bitcoin bear here. Uno memento. Mm. Hello, really expensive, silly little bear. You know, there's a good song to represent these spinners. Something like, there is a season, turn, turn, turn. Something like that. Hey, maybe I'm still online and I didn't accidentally unplug the wrong thing. Let's go look. It looks like I'm online. Yay, I'm still online. No, God, why? That costs so much money. It's good that they have these little guards, man. Jeez, here I am losing money on stream. No. You know what? Man, is everything here funky? Look, Bitcoin Bear, this is your last chance, buddy. If you don't get with the program, we're gonna send you to the gulag. You don't wanna go to the gulag, do ya? All right. <clears throat> I'm back. I need a good nap. Huh, man. I don't even remember what sleep feels like anymore. I was shaking for a good long while, but then the shake stopped. I don't know where I'm at now. Don't really know where I'm at now. <clears throat> Bitcoin bear. Yeah. Best stream ever. Yeah. Let's light them up, man. Bunch of poser punk losers out there. Not even doing a quarter of what I'm doing in this world. Show respect. Show respect and send your people to me so that I can save them because you guys aren't doing it. Send your heroes here to die and send your people here to thrive because I'm winning the game. I'm winning it. And I'm winning it with a big old team of people. We're a community. We're a family. 
we get stuff done together. I mean, I'm impressed with what the hexagons build on the regular. I see cool stuff all the time. I love it. I mean, they, they're awesome. Awesome, awesome people. Best community I've been part of. All right. Let's go look at some uh, prices and stuff, and then I'll look at the chat. How's our uh, bull trap going? Dumping. Widening horn, man. Makes a new local high. Gets all the short sellers liquidated. And then once they have to buy back higher, then it makes new lows. Liquidates all the longs down with new local lows. This broadening horn pattern actually doesn't have a precedent in the Bitcoin chart that I'm aware of. I've never actually seen a broadening horn in Bitcoin, ever. It's new and it annihilates traders. Annihilates them. Oh, you bought the breakout. New lows. Oh, you sold the, the capitulation. New highs. <laughs> if you wanted to murder traders, broadening horn is the best pattern possible to do it. Because they're just, guys, let me think for a second here. Is there anything I can do to make my network cut better? All right, guys, I'm going to try some more stuff. One moment. I'm going to try some more stuff. Did that not do the trick? I'm not sure what will. To tell you the truth, if that don't do the trick, I don't know what's going to do it. <laughs> All right. Looks like he's lost weight. Yeah, I lost uh, maybe 13 pounds, I think. I was 253.5 or 0.8, and now I'm uh, like 250 even. Or two, I was 263.5 or 0.8, now I'm 250 even. I mean, look, 250 is still way too big, but I'm making progress, you know? Hey, it's 425 AM, guys. Let's go look at the sacrifices. Um, yeah, the easiest way is just to go to Etherscan. So I'm gonna go to pulsechain.com. And I'm going to grab the address. 24 minutes until the sacrifice phase is over. 24 minutes, guys. Go to pulsechain.com. You got 24 minutes. So I'm going to go and look up this address here. Cool. Yep, that's a lot of money. Look at these guys with pending transactions. Boys, there are a lot of pending transactions. You guys better pay more for gas, man. 61 pending transactions here. Pay more for gas. You want your transaction to go through? Pay more for gas. Right now, they say 41. It's going to cost you what? Seven bucks to send an ERC-20 with 41 GUI? Pay more. Pay 15, pay 20 if you want to make it on time. My opinion. Hey, a lot of people are using Hex today. Uh, it's eating some gas. Hex was the... Number 20 gas user on the Ethereum network today. Somebody paid 9,000. Oh, wait, hold up. That's just the last three hours. So the Ethereum network made $9,000 in the last three hours off of Hex users. And in the last 24 hours, they made $33,000. And what is the Ethereum network going to do with that money that they got, the miners got? They're going to buy pollution and dump the price. Pulse chain solves this. Miners don't need to pollute the environment. Smart, very smart. Anyway, uh, 
Time ticks over at 4.50 UTC. It's 4.27. Oh, there's just a timer, right? Timer's uh, 22 minutes. You know what? Hmm. I'll do something unprecedented. I'm going to copy-paste the address into chat. If I see any other addresses, you get permabanned. We clear on that? You should never, ever use a number that you see in chat ever, never, because they can copy your username. You know what? I'm not going to do it. If I see any addresses in chat, I'm banning you. If you want to know what the address is, go to pulsechain.com, go to pulse.info, either one. Do not ever use an address you see in a chat room ever or in a comment area ever. It's all imposters. It's not safe. Yeah. I'm not breaking that rule. we got to teach people to be safe. I'm happy that so very few people got scammed. And, and and all the stuff we've been doing recently, very, 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 very few people got scammed. Most communities get more scams on a normal day. I mean, we got a message on repeat every few minutes, warning people, pin messages. I'm warning people all the time. You have to, because there's silly people out there that just don't, they don't care to protect their assets the way that they should. Get some sleep, man. Yeah, I probably look like I got killed a day ago. I probably look like refried beans of some sort. No. Can we talk Pulse? Sure, if you want. What do you want to talk about? The website explains everything. I gave you the update on where devs are at. Very first thing. We could go through the money. You want to talk about sacrifice phase? Hey, dude, in the chat that keeps telling me to look at Twitter. I heard you, man. I heard you the first 14 or 15 times you posted that. But I'm tired. I don't feel like arguing. I feel like having a monologue. Period. I'm half conscious here. Where's my pulse shirt? I gotta get one. I don't have one yet. I should get one, man. And I, I'm pretty soon I'm not gonna fit in these 3XL shirts. I'll need a 2L, so. Am I banned here? Nope. Now what I'm doing that's different is I'm just watching the chat scroll by, and man, it's so much easier because I'm not behind 20 minutes. Usually when I'm not watching the chat live, I'm behind 20 minutes, like always. Talk about the one-stop shop ecosystem some more. Sure. How does it benefit hexagons to see scam coins on a ranking site? It doesn't. How does it benefit hexagons to see fake price charts that lure them in to buy things that when they go to sell them, they can't be sold, they get rug pulled? It doesn't. How does it benefit hexagons to see margin trading? It doesn't. To tell you the truth, I am not even sure it benefits hexagons to see charts. Do you really care how all those other coins are doing? You already know you're beating them. There's no reason to let them pollute your consciousness. You can maintain clarity of mind without the noise. And when you tune out things that aren't important, it makes space for things that are important. You have to choose what you're going to be good at and what you're going to be bad at. And you're going to have to be bad at a lot of things to make the time and the space to become skilled at the things that are valuable. I'll tell you some things I gave up. I used to watch football. I used to play football. I like football. Gave it up. Why? Why am I getting angry yelling at the TV when the, the stadium changed and the name of the stadium changed and the mascot changed and the players changed and the coach changed? What am I rooting for? What is this? Is this uh, Theseus's ship? No, that's not it. Yeah, it is Theseus's ship. It's this logical idea that if you replace all the parts of a thing, is it still the same thing? So there's no reason to be getting angry about stuff you can't control. Just do stuff you can control. And then when it goes good, you don't got to be angry. 
can't get angry when you know the snap goes right into the uh, quarterback's face and doesn't catch it. You know, the stream will go down in history, no question. Yeah, I mean, there's all types of like. Let's talk about people doing harm in crypto. All like most of the exchanges, they list things that shouldn't be listed. Like a DJ tries to play you good music, but these exchanges, they list things that they can make money on that aren't good things. Brian Armstrong's words. We will list everything that is legal. It is your job to decide what is good or not. Fine. But so you know, the rest of the world thinks that you do quality control. Even though you sent a tweet about it, congrats on that tweet. You might have to retweet it every once in a while or put it somewhere on your website because the majority of the world, they ask questions like, when Binance? You mean the Binance that got hacked? Or the Binance that's getting shut down all over the world, or the Binance that has like 133x leverage, or the Binance that won't let you withdraw. That Binance? When that thing? Mm, maybe never that thing. Uh, the, people are so backwards, man. Or like, why, why aren't you on CoinMarketCap? Because they're bad at their job. Nomics is good at their job. They know how to multiply price times supply. It's very easy. Doesn't take much effort at all. Oh, by the way, who owns CoinMarketCap? Binance. Any conflict of interest there? Any conflict of interest? Oh, and does Binance charge you like 2 million bucks to list? Yeah. Oh, so they probably want you to list. And then as a side benefit, you can get on their little uh, walled garden where they lie about your position. To do what? To get people into things that are horrible. IOTA is still on the front page, isn't it? IOTA literally took their users' keys. Their network was so hacked that they ended up with their users' private keys and they got their users to AML KYC to beg them for the money back. They shut down the network at will for weeks. Front page. Crazy. Insane. Why? What, don't you want people to not get hurt? Why do you, like, I just, I don't get it. I don't get it. Yeah, so almost everything in crypto is trash. Almost. It's, it's insane. Do you trust hardware wallets? Uh, let's see. Ledger lost everyone's data. They are now getting fake Ledger devices sent to their homes. One of the a hexagon in our community, uh, he got a fake Ledger device delivered to his house to try and steal all his crypto. That ain't good. So there's people out there that let you get robbed and don't do anything to stop it. Let me give you an example. Alex Saunders has a paid group. Wrecked pleb, lost all his money trading, stole and embezzled a ton of money from his users to try and make up for that trading, took the user's money and sent it right to the margin trading exchange, not even hiding it. Owes everybody money. I am the one that had to tell the truth about him because everyone else was scared too. I am the reason that he stopped scamming people. Me. I shut that scammer down, which is funny because he appeared on my show claiming that he wanted to shut a scammer down, but there was only one scammer on the show, him. Another example. Oh man, what was it? So everyone was losing money to this guy. No one said a word about it. Tons of people can't withdraw their money from Binance. No one's saying a word about it. Someone's got to call this trash out. There was some other failure thing that, that I made popular to save people. Oh, Ledger, Ledger, okay? I see pictures 
of Hex and Pulse Mail directly mailed to people. And at the bottom of one of the mail pieces, it says, beware, there are fake hardware wallets being sent to people to try and steal all your money. So apparently, somewhere in the world, someone out of the kindness of their heart included a warning, which from what I've heard, from what I've heard, is a very expensive envelope, very expensive paper, first class postage. None of those are, things are cheap, apparently. Someone went out of their effort to waste copy space trying to save other people from being doomed. Did the ledger company that profited off their users send mail to their users to warn them that they lost their database and that there would be fake devices arriving to steal everything they worked so hard for? Did the ledger company do that? No, they didn't. But who did? Apparently somebody that likes Hex and somebody that likes Pulse. And does that make the world a better place? I would think that it, it does, yes. As a matter of fact, I think being educated, I wish that in 2009, I received a letter about Bitcoin instead of getting it in 2011. I wish that someone had made a compelling case for Ethereum back when it launched, but they didn't. As a matter of fact, I didn't even find out Ethereum launched until they were about to pass up Bitcoin's market cap. And I was a smart guy and I read Reddit all the time, but you know what Reddit is? Censored. So when you go to the Bitcoin subreddit, you're never going to find out about any other technology that's coming up because they isolate you from it. Now, in a world full of scams, that's good. But in a world where there are things actually making a difference and making the world a better place, it's bad. So, but, but everything's backwards world, right? So people receive a letter that could solve medical problems. They receive a letter that shows them opportunity that they've been hidden from them, from everybody. You want to advertise a cryptocurrency on Google? They won't let you. You want to advertise on Facebook? They won't let you. You want to advertise on Reddit? They won't let you. Well, what is this? What are we uh, creating child slaves here? What, I don't get it. Sports books can advertise. Margin trading exchanges can advertise. Loot crate games where kids get addicted and lose all their parents' money on the credit card can advertise. But the world's best performing asset that has ever existed that removes counterparty risk, that stops the government from stealing your money through inflation, that can't advertise? Wow. So you can't, can't advertise open source software? Crazy. Okay. But you know who has no problem getting views? The scam bots. Scam bots always have lots of views. Always have some fake thing going. My comments are filled with 90% fake copies of me, 1% real me. Spammers aren't having any problem. Real content creators are having a problem. It's crazy. <clears throat> NFTs. God, uh, hey guys, you like NFTs? Pulse is gonna double all those NFT contracts for you. Uh, NFTs are cool, games are cool, art's cool. Overpaying for those things, not cool. How much is a serial loosely related to a JPEG, which may or may not still be hosted on the internet worth? How much is procedurally generated, pixelated crap art worth? Insane, insane. <clears throat> Richard, will ERC-20 oracles have function on Pulse? Well, I mean, Uniswap is an oracle. It doesn't... Uniswap's the best price oracle because it doesn't re rely on some guy running a server. 
and then that guy can just change the numbers in the server. So, hey Richard, send my ERC20 Matic to the Matic sacrifice address. Am I good? Yeah, you're fine. It's 440 guys, 10 minutes left. How likely will USDC user admin keys to freeze USDC on the Pulse chain? I have absolutely no idea, man. I have no idea. And I'm not sure they have an idea either. So on the one hand, they could use the freeze key and risk getting sued by everybody and lose customer goodwill, even if they didn't get sued. And then on the other hand, they might've got rich because they're getting twice of their coins on two chains and they make money on having those coins and arbitraging them. It's a revenue center for them. Uh, yeah, like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe, maybe, I have no idea. Nobody knows. I really, I don't think anybody knows. We're just gonna have to find out. I had to delete thousands of fake Richards from the comment section the other day. Hexologist, I appreciate that, man. At least, at least since the, uh, you know, it's funny. I'll bet that when the stream freezes, the algorithm thinks that it's better because everyone starts commenting. <laughs> the algorithm's probably not smart enough to know the difference between thoughtful, engaged comments and uh, keyboard spam. Yeah, 442. I'm. I need some water, man. I'm like dying. I don't know how. I guess it's because I'm speaking about stuff I'm passionate about that I'm still alive. I guess. Will it be a bridge back to Ethereum? Yeah, that's a minimum requirement. You can't launch without that. <clears throat> or you shouldn't. So minimum viable launch for Pulse is the completed accounting of the sacrifice phase. Requires some input from the Sense Foundation spreadsheet and price to time feeds for a bunch of different coins. Hopefully TWAPs. If it's too hard, we just won't use them. But if we can have TWAPs, we prefer it. Um, bridge to Ethereum, front end for Hex, front end for Uniswap, good to go. This is assuming that you have a functioning consensus network. So that's minimum viable. What happened to my interview with Paul Democritu? It was great. I've done several of them. It's on his channel, not mine. Thank you for making crypto exciting again and how it was intended to be. My, my pleasure, man. Richard, can you shout out my dad? He got me into Hex. Thanks, boss. What do I think about the price performance of PLS? I think it's going to launch at zero and then the market will decide. And then things that launch at zero, probably pretty easy to have a good price chart if you actually launch at zero. Noob question, if we sacrificed ETH to the same wallet where we hold ETH, do we need to move all our pulse or only the freemium? It, so basically the way that works is the freemium is going to get taken back even if you move the freemium. As long as there's a balance there, it doesn't care whether the balance is a freemium or the balance is something else. If you got some free stuff, you're going to give it back if there's a balance there. So if you don't want to get the clawback on the freemium pulse for ETH holders, you need to move everything that's pulse into a different address. And then after the fork happens, you can move it back if you want, and then you shouldn't have any problems. We're not rewarding people for ignoring. We're rewarding people for engaging. That's good uh, synergy. It's a better word for it, but my brain is literally fried. Yeah, I mean, I've covered this a million times, but I'll cover it again. We organize the sacrifice set. We assign the points. We wait for mainnet to be the public test net. We make sure it works good. 
The front ends get built against the testnet. Go to hex.com, Uniswap front end. There's a whole bunch of other people that want to build on Pulse. A bunch of them. Successful people that have built on other chains want to build on Pulse. They're very excited about it. They need to build against the front end too. Then, once the front ends work, the software has been tested, the sacrifice set is known, you can set a date for mainnet launch. Mainnet launches. Everything trades at zero. People have a chance to, to send things around at zero. And then, somehow, magically, there will probably be a market that will probably discover the value. And then you'll have a thriving thousand flowers bloom, my guess, where people will say this exact same code, but it's a faster, more affordable network that doesn't destroy the environment and has better game theory. Maybe everything on there is worth a percent of some things and even more than other things. So things that don't work on Ethereum anymore, if they work on Pulse, I wouldn't be surprised if they were more valuable on Pulse where you can use them instead of mainnet Ethereum where you can't afford to. So you're going to have, I think, a lot of arbitrage between the E Ethereum version of things and the P Pulse versions of things. So for instance, let's take E hex and P hex. Someone out there is probably going to make a value judgment as to what their ratio should be. And then the market is going to decide whether it's reasonable or not. That's how price discovery works. And I think you're going to see that for thousands of coins. That's my opinion. The key to that, the key to that is having a working Uniswap, right? And since Uniswap comes over from mainnet Ethereum, the same keys that work there will work here. You don't need new keys. So the guys that launched that contract, their keys will be able to turn on the uh, tax on this contract. So Uniswap V2 has a switch that can be turned on by the admins that turns on a 15% tax on new liquidity that gets added. It doesn't affect old liquidity. V3 also has an admin key that has different parameters that I'm not as up to spec on because you can't fork V3. They don't allow you to. It uses a special type of license where they have a two-year window to have exclusive use of it before it becomes open. So I'm not an expert on V3. Um, two minutes left in sacrifice phase. All right, let's go take a look. Literally dying here. People are still being cheap with the gas. Bunch of pending transactions there, guys. You can just increase the amount I suggest to you, you know, click edit. How do I get back? I'm so dead. If you click this little square icon next to like the token value, you can see all the tokens in order. And I think they default sort by their value. So you guys ready to hear these numbers? I'll wait till it ticks over. I'll wait till it ticks over and then I'll read them. I know you tweeted about it, but can you mention to your viewers in the US to contact their state congressmen and senators to revise or take out the crypto section in the infrastructure bill? Yes, I can. Hey, everyone that's listening, unless you want DeFi to become illegal in the United States, you need to contact your senator and your congressman. Senators work in the Senate and congressmen work in the House of Representatives or whatever. Representatives work in the House of Representatives and the House of Representatives combined with the senators is Congress. So misspoke at the beginning. You need to contact them. You need to email them. You need to call them. You need to send them physical letters. They need to know that you're going to make a stink 
if they try and screw you because they're trying to screw you. They're trying to take your rights away. Don't let them. Not only is it bad for you, it's bad for America. America will be a better place without bad laws. They can write good laws. You don't need bad ones. So actually go and follow Jake Trevinsky, who's a lawyer, or the guys at Coin Center, Peter, I can't remember his name, Valkenberg or something. You know, there's a couple popular lawyers in the crypto space that actually do effort to save us from the, the villains that are trying to victimize us. Read what they write. Try and contact those guys that are in positions of power to decide things. Or in a couple years, you'll be screwed. So you actually have to put in a little bit of effort and make those calls. Chat saying sacrifice phase is over. All right. Thank goodness. Nice. It even updates. It says the sacrifice phase is over. Do not sacrifice any more money. Smart. Well-designed. Uh, somebody says happy new year. Nice. All right. Let's look at these numbers. I think there's a big number here, man. Ethereum. There's 2000 Ethereum left in there. I guess it's worth, uh, 5 million bucks, I guess. Let me, let me scroll a little bit here. It should tell me. Yeah. 5.1 million. So if you do the chain analysis on this address, the sacrifice address, you can see that it seems to sell everything it gets for stable coins, except hacks. So it looks like it's doing, and it has a lot of hacks. There is, where's the decimal point here? Huh? I mean, it says 14 billion, but like the quantity, there's 14 billion US dollars worth of hacks in the sacrifice address. There's 2000 Ethereum, but I think if you look it up, like maybe 40 or 50,000 Ethereum was sacrificed, but then got turned into stables. There's 146 million in USDC, 34 million in DAI, 26 million in Tether. And then all these other tokens, there's not even a hundred grand in the next one. Like they're all under a hundred grand. And there sure is a bunch of them. There's 11 pages of tokens here at 25 per page. So some people didn't follow the directions. Interesting. What else? This is just one chain, right? But I, but I think the majority of uh, activity occurred on this chain. So off the top of my head, the last I looked, there was, let me add this up. Let me use a calculator real quick. Is this wrong already? Yeah, I already did this wrong. I'm so tired, man. Let's try it again. There's 207 million in stable coins there. <coughs> 14 billion in hex, 5 million in ETH. It's just one chain. I think something like 18 or 19 million came through on the Bitcoin chain, 2.7 million on BCH, a million on Monero, a million on Litecoin, 750K in Lumens, or maybe it was 275 in Lumens and 750 in EOS. 3.2 million in Cardano, um, 80 grand in Theta, 65 grand in Ethereum Classic. Uh, I'm sure I'm missing some. I think there was like 60 grand in Zcash. Yeah, I'm missing some other chains. 
like AVAX and uh, BNB, I think it was like 6 million across all the stuff people sent on those networks, BNB and BSC. It's like six or eight million, I think. Yeah. So we'll, we'll you're going to get a more in-depth report on all this stuff because all this stuff is public. So it needs to be public. So you can see that the supply matches what it should be. <clears throat> if there's a way to do it with zero knowledge proof, I think it'd be cool. Is Basically the accounting is most important to have complete before mainnet. You don't like need it before testnet and you could iterate it. You could refine it over time. So it's not like life or death. I mean, the majority of stuff happened on ETH and it's very obvious what happened on ETH because you just go to Etherscan and look. So can you get a ban hammer? Yes, you can, sir. Welcome to the party, pal. Boom. Enjoy. Actually, while I'm at it, is there any other things I can give you? Any other powers? David, remind me to give you more powers, bro, because you earned them, man. So I can give you extra stuff above and beyond just chat admin. Richard, you got anything to say about Dan Larimer, Brendan Bloomer, Brock Pierce, EOS, and Bullish Global? Haven't I said enough things this stream? <laughs> like, I'm tired enough where I want to leave people to savage for my next stream. I don't want to just finish everybody off in one stream. I can tell you that of the only things to underperform Bitcoin this cycle and the top of the market cap charts, EOS is the only thing that didn't beat Bitcoin. And who most of those names that you mentioned were directly involved with that. So will you announce snapshot date beforehand? Yeah. Or at least a range, a, a, a relatively reasonable range. There's this game theory that goes into that, that I don't want to explain. But there's a reason why you might not want to pick a specific date. Savage Charles Hoskinson and his vaporware project. I brought adoption to ADA. I worked very hard personally to get that trash to be able to operate. And it was very hard. And any normal human has absolutely no chance whatsoever of being able to use ADA for anything, period. It's not good. The documents don't work. It's not good. You're lucky if you find a document. The only things that are documented are wallets nobody uses anymore. The wallets people use now, there's no help. You reach out on Twitter, radio silence. It's a joke. Pulse will have smart contracts before Cardano. That's what's up. Somebody says they didn't receive anything when you sacrificed your ADA. Don't worry about it, man. What do you think you're going to receive? To even detect, for anyone in the world to even detect that you sacrificed your ADA is nearly impossible you're lucky I figured out how to do it and I didn't my devs did so um, a, there's a report that is easy to publish just wait unless you want to figure out how to I'm not going to explain it man just wait or, or learn to be a developer your choice <laughs> either learn to be a developer or wait I'd love to see Charles Hoskins in here yeah bring him like I'd talk to anybody if you're friendly, I'll be friendly. If you're not friendly, I'll be not friendly. Richard, can you tell me more about that Jewish kid teaching young kids to gamble? Well, first of all, I love Jewish people. I think they're the smartest people in the world, literally. They, you want medicine? 
everybody's Jewish. Doctors are all Jewish. Researchers are all Jewish. Company that makes the device is all Jewish. You want movies? All the companies that make all the movies are Jewish. All the people that write the scripts are Jewish. All the people that are acting them are Jewish. You want uh, comedy? Scriptwriters, Jewish. The comedians themselves, Jewish. I mean, even Louis C.K., I believe, is actually of Jewish ancestry with his red hair. He's like Jewish Mexican ancestry, even Louis C.K. Or the C.K. is like Polish or Hungarian that then went to Mexico. And anyway, so my school that I went to, gifted kids school, everybody's Jewish. So I know to say, like I've been to a bunch of bar mitzvahs and whatnot. And so I basically went to elementary school that was all black, middle school that was all Jewish. It was hilarious. And the guy that invented the new math that was taught at my insanely smart middle school was named Bert Kaufman. Jewish dude. Best education I ever got in my entire life. My middle school was better than high school and college combined. We learned set theory and logic before math. We learned scheme programming, a dialect of Lisp, the most powerful programming language in the world. Like insanity. I still remember modus, modus ponens, modus tollens, syllogistic inference from sixth grade. So I had a very strong logical upbringing. So the reason that I mentioned the Jewish thing, um, even though I respect them as like the most, uh, the most productive people in the history of the world, they are usually like friendly. So when you see Eric Weinstein interacting with people uh, on live stream, unless it's with his brother, he kind of tends to supplicate and want to be friends. But then as with his brother, Brett, he kind of bosses him around a little, around, a little bit. And so to have Sam Backman fried who sleeps on a beanbag and looks friendly, wears t-shirts, looks like a nice young kid, he's got curly hair and stuff, donates to charity, supports a democratic cause, that's nice. But that money that you're giving away comes on the ruined dreams of normal people who are destroyed and victimized by the most harmful thing anyone could possibly do for their finances, which is margin trading. And so you have an obligation, if you care about your fellow man, to see them not destroyed. And I don't know, other than hard drugs, of something more destructive to a person than trading and gambling. Drugs, gambling, trading. Is there some other, like, maybe smoking? You know, maybe alcohol, but that's all kind of drug stuff. You're promoting one of the worst things in the world for human beings. And so you give a little bit of money away to charity. You're doing more harm than good, man. And the more ads they buy, the more harm they'll do. You know who does a lot of ads? A lot of ads, eToro. I met the founder of eToro back in 2013 at Bitcoin conference in Amsterdam. Sat next to each other at the MasterCoin dinner. Those guys at the top of their website have to write 67% of our users lose money with us. And that hides the fact that the losers that lose, lose so vastly much more than the few guys lucky enough to win. It's disgusting. And where do they advertise? Everywhere. And so what do they do? They take the money from the users whose lives they destroy to pollute our minds and our sports environments and whatever else we're doing with their marketing messages to convince more people to be destroyed, to buy more ads, to destroy more people. It's disgusting. That is not a good world. A good world is where somehow magically 
some can afford to advertise something good into the world, but it's hard to monetize. Telling people how to live better lives, it's hard to monetize. I, I give it away for free. My books are for free. My YouTube channels are free. My price calls are for free. The coins I hand out, free. You want Pulse? Have Ethereum. You get free Pulse. You want ERC-20s? Have 10,000 ERC-20s. You want Hex? Free claim as a Bitcoin holder. 300,000 Bitcoin holders did. Or 300,000 Bitcoin worth of holders. I'm the giving tree of crypto. And I just also happen to make sick price calls. And I just also happen to be able to teach you a million things about a million different parts of life. So... I think, I think the sacrifice phase did a lot of good and I'd like to see more good done in the world. So that's what we're aiming for. Everybody in chat's like, when do we get the pulse? When do we get the pulse? You gotta wait, man. You'll get your free coins when they're ready. How much hex was sacrificed? 14 billion worth. But this number is not totally accurate because there's a chart and most people sacrificed on the first five days where everyone got like the same uh, points rate. So back then, uh, so the price in Hex had went to 22 or like 21.7 or 22.2, something like that since. And then it dipped and then it came back up and that's making a bull flag. In my opinion, that's what the candlestick pattern looks like. Um, yeah, so I think right now, last I looked, the price was 12 cents maybe or 13. I'm gonna go look. It's uh, 11.8 right now. Now here's another thing, right? What do you see all the time in crypto? Buy the rumor, sell the news. Now, this doesn't look like that to me. This to me looks like normal price action. It looks very similar to what I've seen in the past. That's cool. That's good. I like it. Let's do a little mind, let's do a little theory crafting. Still a little theory crafting. Now I'm going to be very delicate, very delicate with this because I don't make forward-looking price statements for Pulse. I don't make forward-looking price statements for Hex. I'm happy to talk about Bitcoin and Ethereum. I didn't found this. If supply and demand dictates the price of things, is this $14 billion of Hex sitting in this sacrifice address, is it supply? Could you buy it if you wanted to? Is it for sale? So you got to figure that out. If supply and demand matters, where's the supply? I'll tell you a story, a totally unrelated story. There's these rocks that you can dig out of the ground that are worth nothing. They're literally worth nothing. They're very, very common. You put them on drill bits, you put them on concrete saws, you put them on the tips of screwdrivers, if they're good German, wear a screwdrivers, W-E-R-A. Love those. Uh, well, actually, some of their drill bits are diamond tip, but I think the wear a screwdrivers I like are actually laser etched. A little different. Grips the thing that you're trying to turn better. A lot better. And what are these things called? They're called diamonds. Now, I'm wearing a lot of diamonds. A whole metric butt ton of them. Every one of these watches that you see with a diamond face... That adds 30 grand to the watch. So that's an extra 30 grand. That's an extra 30 grand. That's an extra 30 grand. Just the, just the dial, just the diamond dial. Covered in diamonds. The link is covered in diamonds. It's diamonds all over the place. Look at this. Rose gold, white gold, yellow gold, yellow diamond, blue diamond, white diamond. Did you know there were yellow and blue diamonds? Check it out and look. The rose goes with the rose, isn't that nice? 
Why am I telling you about this? Well, I started this statement by telling you that these things aren't worth anything. You can use them to coat your drill bits. So why are they so expensive? Ah, because the market has supply removed by people that prefer the price to be higher. In this case, the history of diamond prices is the De Beers company out of South Africa. And the De Beers company owned 80% of all diamond mines, and I think still today, owns 60%. Even after you have lab-created diamonds and, you know, new countries being formed and such. Yet diamonds are still really expensive. And they've been around for hundreds of years. Probably thousands, but we'll just call it hundreds. Wow. So a diamond in the rough is when you find something good in a patch of stuff that sucks. Diamond hands is when you hold something so tight that the compression turns your hand into a diamond. How did they do that? How did they turn common, valueless, sparkly carbon, which by the way, lab created is superior to, why is it so expensive? Because they buy it all up. They restrict the supply, they reduce the supply, they put out advertisements, diamonds are a girl's best friend. There was a time before that advertisement when diamonds were not a girl's best friend and diamonds were not what you bought people for a wedding gift. But due to good marketing and good advertising and decades of value storage, people figured out that these things would be more likely to go up than down. Now, who else has done this? Diamonds did that, and it's lasted for hundreds of years. Louis Vuitton did it. This box, by the way, I got a new Louis Vuitton thing here. No one else has this because I ordered it before anyone knew it existed. It's a speaker. It's a Louis Vuitton speaker, and it lights up. Let's check it out. What do you think this costs? I think it's like three thousand dollars you're gonna punk me on my live stream buddy come on now do something <laughs> well it may it lights up and does cool stuff if you connect to it but i guess if you don't connect to it it's pretty boring well anyway i didn't want to show you that i guess i did but when it was lit up i want to show you this it's just a box it's a box what do you think this box cost five thousand dollars it's a box is it worth $5,000? Nope. Ooh, look, look at, we're in business. Do something. It was just doing stuff and then it stopped. Silly little device. If it does it again, I'll pick it up quicker. I'm getting trolled by my electronics here. So this pattern, why do I like the monogram pattern? Because if you're gonna overpay for crap, you at least want people to know you did it. So this, because it's brown, screams money at a distance. You get Gucci, Dolce Gabbana, Chanel, Dior, black, 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 with a little chrome on it. No one can tell, it's expensive. Looks like H&M. I like to get value for my money. I'm gonna overpay for crap. I want the respect that comes with it. So, am I ever gonna use this box? Probably not, probably not. I did one photo shoot with it. I just leave it to sit here because I can have it and other people can't as a type of proof of work to show I'm worth listening to. Because I, if I can waste money, imagine what I can do when I'm trying, right? So why am I telling this story about Louis Vuitton? Because they've had the same pattern since 1848. And 1848 is how long ago? How long is uh, 1848? Well, 200 years will be 2048 and it's 2021. So 150 years, right? 
So Louis Vuitton was able to sell you overpriced leather for 150 years. <laughs> Somebody spamming chat. People are spamming chat with buy hacks. I'm, I'm going to let you flood. I don't mind. Why would I stop that? <laughs> Continue. Flood away. Um, I don't know. Maybe there's some exploit where this is harmful. Mods, attack. I'll put on slow mode. Is that a thing? Is there slow mode in this chat? Never tried it. Yeah, I don't know, like, uh, manage, do, do. I don't know if there's a slow mode, guys. They make me Google this crap. Yeah, it looks like the mods got it. You get them, mods. People that are flooding, just ban them just in case there's some, like, unknown threat. It should just get them banned, but who knows. <clears throat> do, do. I have to click a couple times, everybody. Do, do. Go buy some more SIM cards, homies. Go load up. Well, I guess that didn't last very long. Back to what we were talking about, uh, Louis Vuitton. So what I'm explaining to you is how to create lasting value for crap that is otherwise worthless for hundreds of years. The De Beers company did it with diamonds. Louis Vuitton did it with leather goods. And Rolex did it with watches. These watches don't even tell time well. They're rated for plus or minus two seconds a day. Your cheapest, crappiest quartz watch is rated at plus and minus zero. It ain't gaining or losing time at all. It doesn't care how you shake it or what orientation it's in or whether you hit vibrating things. Quartz is a vastly superior technology. But the problem with quartz is you can't use it to show how much more money than you have to somebody else. Or taste. Yeah, taste. Haha, <laughs> good one. Does anything about this scream taste? No, because I'm trying to achieve a message. I know how to not dress rich. I know how to wear shirts and a short backwards, shorts and a shirt. So why am I telling this to you? If you want the price of things to go up, you have two options available to you. You can increase their demand, good game theory, good community, good advertisements, domain names, logos, you know, well-worded copy, rebuttals list. You can do things like that. Or, or you could restrict supply. Now, of these things that you see behind me, which of them has restricted supply? Almost everything. You want this at the store? You can get one. Nope, just kidding, you can't. You want this at the store? You can't get it. You want that at the store? Can't get it. You want this? Can't get it. This you might be able to actually get, maybe. This, can't get it. This, can't get it. This, you can't get it. And so what happens to these things that don't tell time properly? They go up in value. Why? Because people want them. There's not enough of them. So restricting supply is a beautiful way to add value. And it works for Louis Vuitton, and it works for diamonds, and it works for Rolex, and it works for all the other designer crap that I buy just because it's expensive to show that I could for the most part. Everything's monogram. Why? Because the stupid people looking at me don't otherwise know that it's expensive. So I have to beat them over the head with the monograms so that they know. Now, at some point you'd think that, uh, you know, being in the crypto industry for as long as I have been would just be enough and people would figure it out and they go, man, that guy's like always right all the time. He's probably doing real good. Nope. You got to beat him over the head with it. Cause new people that just show up, they don't know your history of awesomeness. 
they need to have catchy, kitschy trinkets to be to be engaging with you, basically. So if you look at my stats on Twitter and YouTube, they're going up faster than they've ever gone before. Maybe it's because I'm promoting really cool stuff like you know open source software and freedom and free speech and medical research. Or maybe it's because I've got a bunch of trinkets which either they like or they hate, and either way they're sticking around to watch. That teddy bear, Google it and see what it costs. You'll be shocked. Louis Vuitton teddy bear, boy, it's expensive. It's not even pretty, it's ugly. Terrible looking bear. <clears throat> so I'm telling you how to build value and you can use that lesson to build it in anything that you're involved with. Whether it's your stage performer, you must leave the audience wanting more or you lose value. Whether you're uh, talking to girls and wanting to have fun with them, every good thing you say, you get one point. Every bad thing you say, you lose 10 points. So you better sharpen up your game and just say good things if you can. You're having, um, you're conserving your words, basically. I'll talk, this, this applies everywhere. So being able to create things that become more valuable more rapidly than other things is something I've trained my whole life to do. My designs are beautiful. And I think that you can see that in the world. Very, very cool stuff. If I die, hex.com goes offline. Contract works, yep. Trading works, yep. Bunch of different front ends, totally decentralized, yep. Other devs, other code bases, yep. It's all totally decentralized. Sufficiently decentralized. More than sufficiently decentralized, really. Any other good questions, guys? Because I gotta tell you, I've been up a real long time, man. I hope you guys click like. I hope you click subscribe. I hope you went to twitter.com Richard Hart Win. Twitter.com slash Richard Hart Win. Follow me there. Because every once in a while YouTube bans me. Every once in a while. They do this to everybody in crypto. It's not fair, it's not nice, and there's nothing you can do about it. So it's very important that you follow me on more than one channel so that one of those channels fails, you have a window of time to communicate on the one that hasn't failed to where the next place to roll over to will be. Yeah. Any other questions, guys? Go sleep? Yeah. I'm gonna do that, and I'm probably gonna sleep for a long time. SciVibe book? Yeah, go read my free book, guys. There's two of them. t.me forward slash SciVive. It contains better information than what I just gave you on the stream. It's really, really, really good stuff that could change your life for the better. It can make you rich, you could find love, you could be stronger, faster, healthier, happier. I wish I could use all of the stuff that I say to do in my book. I wish I could take all my own good advice. There's a ton of exceptionally good advice in there. Somebody says, can you send USDT in front instead of USDC? Yeah, that's fine. You guys, Pulse Lead, is only for the ranking phase. The ranking phase ended three days ago. So you'll have new numbers to look at once they're published, unless you wanna become a dev and fight the software the way that we have fought it. Just wait a little bit. Maybe tomorrow we'll have a, a bunch of change data for you. Anything else? Hex.com, pulsechain.com, t.me slash pulsechain.com, t.me slash hexcrypto, twitter.com slash richardhartwin, t.me slash scivive, scns.org for medical research and tax write-offs if you like donating to charities. I think that's it. I think that's it. 
guys, it's been a pleasure. Um, I want to see a world where everything gets better. And I think I have a lot of ideas that can make that world better. And I think I've got the right community to get those ideas out into the world. So I think the end of 2021 here and 2022 is going to be real amazing. That's my opinion. All right, guys, I'm going to drop a link in chat here. I can't even type. That's how tired I am. Wow. Boom. Good night, everybody. Keep it real. I hope all your dreams come true out there. See you guys.